Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm with Marilyn Harris, who is the proprietor of Paradigm Winery here in Oakville in the heart of Napa Valley. Marilyn, I am so delighted to be sitting down with you today. You are just one incredible woman with a fantastic story. Your family's so rich in history. Well, I'm very excited to be with you, and I am so thrilled with your podcast, and anything I could add to it, I'm happy to. Well, this should be so much fun, and you're so kind. What I found fascinating was that your family, in particular, has been farming in the Napa Valley since 1890. Your grandparents immigrated from Italy to the Napa Valley and settled kind of near this spot here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they settled in Calistoga. My father was actually born on the property. He grew up picking the grapes, working the fields with the horses, uh, doing all the work on a 10-acre parcel that they had in Calistoga. And he said, I am never going to have grapes. I am never going to do this. And so when I was born in the 40s, he was in tomatoes and all vegetables. We had a dairy. We had everything, uh, prune trees, walnut trees. Everything but grapes. Everything but grapes. (laughs) And then in the 60s, that all changed. Did you ever dream as a little girl that you would work in the wine industry? I think I always, in, in that era women's place was in the home right but I always loved the outdoors and I knew I would be outdoors somehow I was going to do something eventually that's where you were that's where I was going to be and here I am but as luck had it one of your first jobs was teaching fourth graders right so was Uh, that your first occupation in, in 65 I got married to Ren and for two years we lived in San Francisco Park Merced, and I taught school. I had I'd gone to San Francisco State University, and in that era, you could only be a teacher or a nurse. Right. Those were the popular. And so I, I don't like the sight of blood, so I chose teaching. And so uh, for two years, I was uh, teaching in San Francisco. I got pregnant, and I said to my husband, if I have to raise children in this fog, I am going to be a screaming Mimi. <laughs> so we moved, and that was the end of our San Francisco life. He was actually born in San Francisco. So so you guys moved north. We moved north. We actually moved to the family property in Yontville okay. on Yontville Road, and we kind of took off from there. Um, Ren learned the vineyard business from my father, who had gotten into it in 1960, and... He um, got into the business. He was also selling real estate up here. And it wasn't until we finally purchased this property in 1965. 
and, and it wasn't until 91 that we decided that maybe we should, should make, make our own wine. You Lo were and behold. Off, you were selling off all your grapes beforehand. What is your role here at the winery? Well, in, in 91, when we started the winery, we were a two, two mom and pop kind of outfit. Right. Ren took care of the vineyards and the winery, along with about five vineyard workers who have been on our property working with us for up to 30 years. It was just the two of us. I was doing the finances, the telephoning, the finding wine stores and wine distributors, and he was doing all the other stuff. Uh, and I was visiting, having visitors. As time has gone by, what do you get to do now? What do they well, let you what do? do I, what do they let me do now? <laughs> I cheerlead. There you go. You I champion cheerlead. everyone. I also do the business trips. I also do the wine dinners and the wine tastings along with staff. And I'm the chief calligrapher. Oh. I went to high school at a boarding school. Okay. Uh, Dominican. It was a convent in Marin at the time. Now it's San Domenico. And, of course, we had an hour of writing. And I have a beautiful handwriting. And, of course, in this day and age, with the tech world out there, no one writes anymore. I know. I hate it. So my chief job is just writing letters and and traveling for the company. So during the course of a long time of making your own wine, which, again, is called Paradigm, Paradigm means shows as a pattern. Pattern for perfection. perfection. That's it. But the fun thing was when we started, tried to come up with a name, we sent about five names to the ATF and they were all taken. Taken. And I finally said to the woman, what's with this taken? (laughs) I don't understand. And she said, well, the liquor companies do nothing but make up names and send them in to get them approved. So when they make the next whatever, right, they have a name. They pick this one and it's all okay. So we put, we told all of our wine club members and our friends that if they came up with a wine, that, a name that was accepted, we would use it and we would give them a, a case of wine a year for life. Oh my goodness. Okay, so. so who- and the fun part was a, a couple from Maine, and they are, they are also in Florida. They actually came up with the name Paradigm, and they had, they're very good Catholics, and they had 10 children. Oh my goodness. So we went, well, we can't give you just 750s. We're going to have to give you Magnums because a Magnum might get to 10 people. Or you can use two magnums or right. whatever. So it's the first. I mean, it's kind of funny. So Absolutely. they they were our magnum name savers. You know, I mean, they f- came up with the name, and we were very pleased. That's fantastic, and they're still getting wine today. Uh huh. Wow. They they're responsible for the name, and they help keep the legacy alive. So during the course of all these years that you've been mm-hmm. making wine you released your first bottle of wine in 1991 mm-hmm. I believe that mm-hmm. was your first vintage what has been the most challenging part and did you ever regret getting in the wine business oh I never regretted and you know it's funny because going back a little when our kids were in like in the 80s when our kids were little I finally decided to stop being a stay-at-home mom 
because I was tired of being a stay-at-home mom. Right. So I got hired at Clos Duval. Bernard Porte hired me to do hospitality. And I just loved it, and I learned a lot from him. And it really helped me when we, you know, finally started our own winery because I had information about how to do it. So that was kind of my start into the winery business. You're Can't not come sure? up with anything that's been challenging. Maybe just paying the bills, <laughs> you know, paying the, paying the bills for the first five or ten years was probably the, the toughest. What do you enjoy the most? I enjoy the people. The people. And yeah. I enjoy the sharing, and I enjoy the, and I enjoy the fact that the people visiting wineries are happy to be here, and they're happy to talk to people, and they're happy to learn things. And God willing, the wine is good enough that they're they're happy to buy it. It's just a wonderful business. Absolutely, yeah. I think so. So since your family already had roots here in the Oakville and Yountville area. Was it inevitable that you would place your winery and, and grow grapes in this area? Or did you and Bren ever contemplate maybe going up to St. Helena or going um, on Howl Mountain or going somewhere else? We, we've been in the vineyard business for so long that I think we felt that these areas were the best areas right for cabernet Sauvignon, and that's what we wanted to grow and so that's why we chose Chips here biggest change that you've seen during your winemaking business well the biggest difference we've seen is the wineries becoming more than wineries and is that it good? kind of it changes it changes the complexion of farming to a degree it's good if people choose to do it. We have a lot of visitors come here and say, oh, this isn't Disneyland. Mm. And we say, no, it isn't. No. If you want it, we can send you places. Right. Um, and it's just whatever people want. Right. I've gone on some wonderful tours with lunches and, you know, and the lovely things. And it's lovely. Uh, it's just not us. Mm -hmm. So. Well, I mean, you focus on the wine, and, and the wine speaks for itself, mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. it, it's worked all these years, right? Yes, it has. So let's talk about the wine. How much wine does Paradigm make? Uh, we make about 7,000 cases, and most of that, maybe 5,000, is Cabernet Sauvignon. And uh, we also make a Cabernet Franc, which is very popular. Uh, we make a Merlot, which is very popular, and a very small amount of the Paradigm Rosé of Merlot. Which she poured, had poured for us. So I think we should have a little sip and talk about it, don't okay. you? It's the perfect sure. summertime wine. Mm -hmm. mm. Not a lot of people make their Rosé out of Merlot. Mm -hmm. How did you decide to do that? Um, we decided to do that because we felt it was made for a true, the taste of the, the rosé is the taste we like. There are two, there are two styles of rosés, the Sagnier 
and the Vingree. And we chose the Vingree because it's not pouring in uh, various types of wine into make a rosé. It's a Merlot only. We have special vineyard rows that are for our rosé. And on those rows, we the leaves are left on the vine mm. to protect the sun the from the gr- right. grapes. We grow them so that at cooler than the rest of the vineyard. And so when they come in, they're a little higher alcohol and lower sugar. We press them off in a bladder press, and the, the bladder press dumps it into, and when it, it goes into a bin, and when the color is such that we like it, we, we pump it into a tank to be fermented. It's a fantastic and color. It's almost like a salmon. Um, it is. Salmon mm-hmm. color. You know, I, that's my color preference. When it gets too red, it looks too artificial, like candy apple. But this mm-hmm. one doesn't only look pretty, it tastes beautiful. And Thank it's you. really it quite lovely. It has a lovely fruit without being sweet. Mm-hmm. It has that acid. It, it's just the grape turned into the wine and it's it's done beautifully and we don't make enough of it (laughs) i actually talked my husband into making rosé because in the olden days when we only made the red wines i'd go to these dinners and i'd take friends wines champagne schramsberg and you know different wineries uh for the white wines because we didn't make white wine so now this has become our white wine so even though it's pink right Whatever. but it's a, a cold wine it's it is a cold light uh-huh. uh, enjoyable wine for a summer day which is perfect yeah. Yeah. and i think it's only uh fitting that we talk about your winemaker who's one of my favorite people heidi barrett oh she is and she's been with you since the very beginning which i think speaks a lot to you and ren how did you select her well, it's, it's fun because when we decided to have a winery, we called her father. And we were making home winemaking before, and she was in college at Davis at the time, and she said, oh, I'll come over and help you, you know. So she came over and helped us do the home winemaking. And so her father actually designed the winery for us. And Ren kept saying, I want it small, I want it small, I don't want it. So he actually designed the winery for us. With the help of John Lale, I believe, uh-huh, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. And he did forget storage for the wines once they're bottled. Oh, no. <laughs> and that makes up, you know, that can go on for years. You can store those for years. Right. So we bought the, the uh, warehouse at the corner end of the corner of Dwyer Road. So that was fun. That was an um, easy solution. But, but Heidi, uh, Ren called Heidi and said, gee, we'd really like a, you to be our winemaker. And she said, yes. And we are just blessed because she's a fabulous winemaker. And, and you she gave her, stuck with us. Yes, and you gave her her first job, I bet. Well, I don't know if it was the first one, but it was has to be pretty close. Pretty close, <laughs> I think. So when you and Ren got started, let's... You talked about uh, Heidi's father, but were there others who helped inspire you and make you the success that you are today? I really um, feel that 
we had an, a mentor in in my father's foreman, and he was a wonderful man, Andrew Del Bondio, and he really took Ren under his wing about everything about the vineyards, and between my father and Andrew Del Bondio, I think um, they kind of led the way. They kind of helped us, you know, find the path. Um, and I would say those were the two people who helped us. And how about you? Is there anyone in the Valley that, that really helped champion you during this process? Well, I... I've, Any women? I'm... Um, not really, you know. Back in, back in the day, I, not a lot of women were in it, so right. it wasn't. And it's just so exciting to see the change. Because, Absolutely. And you know, women's women are the best wine tasters. They are. We have the best palates. <laughs> <laughs> we could have told them that a long time ago. A long time ago. <laughs> no, I think I just did it by myself somehow. What do you think is the hidden gem in your portfolio? I know you have a small portfolio of wines, but is there a wine that sometimes is overlooked because maybe the cab gets all the glory? I find that people, when they taste the Cabernet Franc, they love it. Um, so I th would think that's our hidden gem because we're, we're very well known for the Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot. Um, and the Zinfandel is also very good. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't um, recall. It's, it's not over-oaked. It's not high in alcohol. It's got a wonderful fruit character that, that carries through the palate. Um, and it's grown and here? It is, yeah. Which is interesting, too. I don't know a lot of people that are growing Zin in Oakville. Yeah. Oh no, there are several. Okay. But the style, when when oak when Zinfandel first took o off, it was oaked and heavy in alcohol, and this is very pleasant. Well, and so. you know, we had to go through that whole education to the consumers to let them know that there is a red Zin, not a white Zinfandel, right? Oh yes. Oh, How about that? Whole? I have a funny story <laughs> about that when I was working at Claude of All. Uh, you know, we'd have these visitors dropping in, and they we we had about five different varietals, and we'd ask them their favorite wine. Oh, we love Zinfandel, and so we said, "Oh, well, we have a lovely Zinfandel." So we brought it out, sat it on the table, and poured it. And they said, "It's not white," <laughs> and we went, "Whoops!" It was in the era of white Zinfandel, mm -hmm. and that was everyone's. Drink. You know, go to. That right. was it. It was right. easy to drink, and it was so that was kind of a funny. You know, it's a red Zinfandel. It's red. Zinfandel right. is red. Zinfandel it's not white. Zinfandel is wet red, <laughs> and it's pink. If it's not, but it's not exactly white. It's it's crazy. There's still some people out there that I I think don't realize that it's it's a red wine, which is scary, isn't it? <laughs> scary. It is. What's ahead for Paradigm? What do you want to do? What's what do you want the future to look like here? Well, we'd love to pass it on to our family. Mm -hmm. Is that in the cards? Do I they love wine? I think it's in the cards. We have a grandson, Kevin, who's uh, attending college and doing finance and winemaking. Mm. So hopefully he can carry on. Yeah, that's a great combination. He's got a, way, he's got a ways to go, but he's got three more years, but we'll see. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, it sounds promising. If people are intrigued about what they're hearing today and want to taste some of your wines, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, basically calling the winery, setting up an appointment. and Or can they just order online? Oh, they can. Okay. Everything's online also. Okay. Yeah. If they want to just buy some bottles and have them shipped to them, they can do that. Or better yet, make an appointment and stop by. Learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com. Well, Marilyn, we're going to shift on to your personal life. We have talked a little bit about it. Where do you and Wren live in the Napa Valley? Do you live right here or do you live in another town? What town do you live we in? We actually live on the family ranch, which my father purchased in 36. Oh, wow. 1936. And that's in Yontville? Or? Yontville. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you're in the family home. Mm-hmm. So if we took a step inside your home, what would we see? What's your decorating style? Or did you inherit a style? <laughs> we inherited a style. We inherited a home that was built in 1927. And homes in that era all had basements and they all had ice boxes. So you have a basement? We, I have a basement. That's amazing. We have a basement. And unfortunately, we've had a couple of floods. Oh, they didn't think about that in the olden days because probably wasn't a problem (laughs) and i would say it's a pre-arts and crafts style home the people who built it were the cooks and they um their parents were missionaries in china and they imported wood and the walls in the halls and the living room are all paneled with this wood from China. Is it interesting? It is interesting. Um, is it textured? No. It could be eucalyptus. I'm not sure what huh. it is. When they stained it, they stained it with an oil paint. And so you can never paint oh, over oil because it just slides right off. So it's interesting. So it'd have um, to be sanded to be painted, I guess. No, I, no? I think... Once you're stuck. You're stuck. You can never paint but it's kind of arts and crafts Mm -hmm. and it's kind of it's just kind of my style is just kind of comfortable old predominant color uh tans and oranges and they're bricks brick walkways or brick outside and so i tend to go with the oranges and the browns and tans okay favorite room in the house living room why it's comfortable good place to read a book no. What's the last book you read? I'm not sure I could answer this question. So <laughs> I, I've started listening to books, which oh, there are really you go. interesting. But um, well, what book are you listening to? Do you know that? Something like Dark Money. It's about what's gone on in the world oh. over the years, which is okay. That sounds depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Marilyn. <laughs> no, well, well, might let's be, not go there. Might be but. informational, but. <laughs> doesn't sound uh, like a good murder mystery or love story there. When you have a chance to kick back and relax, what kind of music do you like to listen to? Well, Ren and I have rock and roll on in our house all the time. My favorite entertainer is John Pizzarelli, and he's a cabaret jazz man. 
more of akin to a Frank Sinatra mm, okay. kind of sound. He's fabulous. So that's music. In fact, Wren has a one of the sayings that he loves to say is, life is magic, life is tragic, but I've had a good life all the way. That's a Chuck Berry motto. <laughs> okay. Do you have time for a hobby? Do you collect anything? Um, Play any sports? Do you garden? In the old in the old days, I exercised. I swam. I skied. Oh, I loved skiing. Snow skied skiing all my or life. water? Uh, snow, both actually. But at this age, I'm coasting. <laughs> you could do snowmobiles. <laughs> Or oh, I've done cross that country, too. Uh, cross country skiing. <laughs> Seems like a lot of work. I'd rather go down the hill. So you've done it all on the slopes. Yes, I have. Where are some of your favorite places to ski? Oh, I love Park City. When the drought was happening in Tahoe, we'd go up to Mount Bachelor, Sun River. We did a lot of skiing up there with the children. You know, Sun Valley. In fact, I just went back to Sun Valley. We go back for a wine auction back there. I looked at the mountain in the summertime, and I'm going, I skied down that? (laughs) It's scary. (laughs) It looks so much bigger. It does. Were you a intermediate black skier? Oh, I was a black skier. Black Or blue, maybe blue. Yeah. Blues intermediate, maybe blacks no, black. like expert. I, yeah, Were you an I, I expert? went down those hills. Wow. I, I could ski for about two weeks and I'd always fall down once during a two week period. And at 70, I decided I was through skiing because that one time I f- would Bell. fall down, I, it took me longer to get up. Oh, no. And I went, I'm hanging up my, my skis. skis. This is time. Well, you can hang out in the lodge. In the lodge. Yes, next to a fire and enjoy the scenery instead. I know you and Wren have traveled quite a bit. There probably was a honeymoon once, (laughs) right? Um, Is there a meaningful trip that you can tell me about or a memorable trip? We've traveled to Italy a couple of times and had lovely times. And I think those meant the most to me because my grandparents were both from Italy. Right. Um, And next week we're traveling to Ireland to see an Irish baptism. I'm so excited. Okay. I mean, it's going to be beautiful, I'm sure. And then, of course, we'll have to hit the pubs and the Guinness and whatever. So we're looking forward to that. So who's getting baptized? Uh, A friend's niece is getting baptized and he's the godfather okay so he says if you're coming to ireland you got to come now because we're gonna we will be together and we will be partying oh all right well that sounds lovely it will be and what part of italy did you uh do you enjoy the most i enjoyed it all um sester levante lake como all that area and, of course, one always starts in Rome or Milan. Right. And they're all, it's all lovely. Do you have any um, distant relatives still there? No. No. Were you able to kind of maybe find a family home from way back when or anything? No. no. It's just um, a special spot because your mm-hmm. family was from there. Okay. What is your trick 
to ensuring a successful dinner party? Oh, I hire it done. <laughs> <laughs> Are you not an expert cook? <laughs> oh, I have been, but I'm giving it up. You're me. giving it up. You've paid your dues, <laughs> right? Paid my dues. <laughs> so you right. hire it out. Who's your favorite chef? It, it's where you're at and who you're with, you know, that, that, that makes for the f- fabulous dinner party. Dinner party. Okay. That's my feeling. Okay. Yep. Well, I think we're going to wrap things up with five quick questions. What is one word that best describes you? Active. Okay. Favorite flower? Roses. Do you have a, a particular style that you no, like? No, I love Any them rose. all. Roses. I love roses. What kind of car do you drive? I drive a Ford Explorer Hybrid. And... It's fun because I've gone through other cars, but you know, they still service Fords at somewhere around $60. It started at 30, but they're now 60, 60. instead of 500. Right. So. <laughs> Ford makes a damn good car, so you're in good shape. Who would be your dream dinner guest? Dream if you could have dinner. anybody join you for dinner, who would it be? Oh, Mother Teresa. Oh, that's a sweet answer. And what's in your nightstand? Oh, I have a little bowl that says, cherish your friends, that I put rings or watches or whatever in. It's on your nightstand. Wonderful. Well, Marilyn, you have been a true delight. It's been a great pleasure to be with you today. Thank you so much, and thank you for doing this. It's so exciting. You're so sweet. Visit winecountrywomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.